This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hi, welcome to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode 18, How to Get More Undesignated Gifts. I'm Ryan Thomas, Vice President at Oneicity. And I'm Steve Thomas, CEO and one of the founding partners of Oneicity. You know, if you're in the fundraising game, that this doesn't stop at the end of the work day or the work week, <laughs> uh, whatever those are. Yeah. And uh, you and I were in the situation where we had a podcast before we really had one because yeah. we, we were talking <laughs> fundraising at barbecues and dinner and all sorts of events that everybody else there wanted to talk about anything else but <laughs> fundraising, but... You and I had gotten a piece of mail or had seen something or had thought something and really needed to stop the party down and talk about it. It was amazing. People who thought the NFL was as interesting as fundraising. It just it's blew not, my mind. Yeah. Clearly well, not. Clearly well, not. I, well, I, I mean, yeah. it can be. Okay. But uh, we realized, okay, uh, let's get past people whose eyes glaze over and let's just start. Find other crazy people to uh, have conversations so, with. And, yeah, you it's know, great. Come to the table. So we added mics and here we are. Yep. And Let you, us know how you want your burger done. Medium, medium well. Yeah, a little pink, but not too much. Yeah, or burnt. Yeah, or burnt. We can do that too. And at Oneicity, we're a boutique ad agency. We focus on nonprofit marketing and fundraising. That's what gets us out of bed. And the company's been around well over a decade, but a lot of people on our team measure their, their time in fundraising in decades. So we really have a super team, kind of the Avengers put together. Give us your five-star reviews. I've been listening to video, doing some editing, and I'll just say... You've been listening to video? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been watching, I've been editing, but I've been paying attention to what we've been saying, and we sound a little pathetic in a couple of places asking okay. for five stars. And so I'm just going to say, I don't give us a one star. I don't care. I'm just going to be bold about it. Okay. That may be reverse psychology though. Oh, maybe. Okay. We'll see if it doesn't work with my kids. Maybe it would work with, we get a bunch listening. of one stars. I'll take responsibility. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, I found how you can just delete those on Apple. Oh, perfect. Just make them disappear. They, 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 they won't even happen. They never happen. It'll be great. It's the complaint box with a false bottom. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you have any questions or comments, our complaint box doesn't have a false bottom. Podcast at Oneicity works. Our last episode, episode uh, 17, was a mailbag episode taking questions. It was amazing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So send any of that to podcast at Oneicity. But today's topic came in through... Through, through podcast the, at yeah, Oneicity. Yeah, that? so it works. Uh, this is your... Your work, listeners, you driving the bus, and we prefer that because it lets us be more efficient and have to we do less think, planning and, op- <laughs> and, and thinking. Okay, well, even less planning that is a, talk that is about observable. gifts again. Yeah. So we'll start 
with mail call, which we try to take something out of the wild, something fundraising related and uh, talk about it with you and talk about what we liked or didn't like. Uh, I'm Mine's going to be really interesting in one way or another. So I'm going to start with you. Oh, maybe go first. Okay. Yeah. So I got an email. Uh, let's talk. I, I may give you a clickbait header. Uh, let's talk uh, thermometers. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a good. Okay. So, yeah, that's kind of your, your, that'd be a subject line. Um, so one of the organizations that I follow um, had, a, had, a, had a matching gift thing. We've talked about matching gifts and how that works. And it was interesting, they, uh, I got an email that said 68% of our X number of $1,000 matching gift, matching challenge. So that's how far they got on their, on their campaign. Okay. And um, in all candor, like donors, I didn't read this email when it came in. And so they had three days remaining and mm. I checked them on day like six or seven. Of the campaign. So when the match has expired. It's expired. So I went ahead and clicked the link because I thought, hey, I'm on a podcast. I Let's might, see what happens. Uh, you know, I, uh, Who knows? Yeah. Um, they, they didn't get to the top end. Or they didn't update their thermometer because it's still sitting at 68% um, low these, I don't know, maybe hmm. 28 days later now. Uh, so... Let's talk about thermometers, and those are the whether it is on a you know a big community board, you know, a piece of plywood that you're spray painting, <laughs> or 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 you've built a widget, or however you're doing it. it. So the concept, the idea is this gives donors a piece or an idea of the whole. Mm -hmm. Let's them see what's been done, but look, there's work uh, yeah, to be done. There's, 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 there's done. motivating. And and what I have typically said to clients about thermometers like this that, that you know keep score is one of the things going on there whether you're doing it for a match or you're doing it for a campaign you know sometimes for a you know a campaign you're trying to get so many dollars to buy an x um you you're revealing how well you're doing and so yeah. i i have a tendency to to push the thermometer you know your goal amount a little lower than i think I can do for a client or, and that's what I recommend that you do is you, you know, it's like you, name, it's like name that tune. Yeah. You know, don't, don't guess too, don't, don't be too bold there. This is not a time for the big reach because it really feels lousy to have scraped together. Let's call it, you know, $500. I've got to, I've got to turn over the couch cushions and find $500. I put my $500 in, I go and check how we're doing on the thermometer and we're still short. It, Almost like you've backed a wrong horse at the racetrack. Exactly. Never having been to a racetrack, but the concept works. So I'm just, I just want to say, um, weigh in your mind whether you really know you're going to get there. Mm -hmm. The way thermometers work so fabulously is if you, you do like a capital campaign where you get, all, you get a several gifts already lined up ahead and yeah. you know they're coming. Yeah. And so then you do your thermometer so that it goes 25% full, 50% full. In one day we got 60% full. We and, and so that when it goes pub public, air quoting around that, that it it is it is not done because you're not, you know, you're not lying to people, but that becomes an accelerator and involvement device. People uh, we, we said on a previous podcast, no one loves to to give the last dollar if they think you're going out of business. Mm -hmm. 
but people love to be the gift that puts you over, over the, the top. top. Apple used to do big contests uh, in iTunes downloads. If you were mm, mm. the billionth iTunes download, or I can't remember yeah. the numbers, you got massive amounts of swag. Yeah. Driving that, and you don't have to do a contest, but it's that same formula. It's, it's the idea. And, and Hoots and I, one time, uh, I we ended up giving a gift that we really weren't planning to give, but she was watching the thermometer, and they were, I don't remember what it was. They were X away. They were three or $400 short, and I get this text. I'm giving this much to, to X, and I'm like, okay. And then that night at dinner, I'm like, what was that about? She said, I put them over the top. <laughs> yeah, and it was a very specific amount. I'm giving <laughs> yeah. 247.50. Yeah. So, so just be careful about why you're, why you're th- thermometerizing your, mm-hmm. your fundraising and then manage like everything else in fundraising, manage it so that the public per- perception and the appearance from the public is beneficial, not a wah, wah, wah feeling. Yeah. Okay. That's what I got. Thermometers, be careful. So I have a, an envelope. You actually brought your homework this time. I, That's great. I did. First time in maybe six episodes. Yeah. A, an envelope from Publishers Clearinghouse, which first <laughs> is still in business. That's exactly what was my question. I happened to see a, a commercial for them over the weekend, and they are still promising loads of money. Well, but, fascinating, because I didn't get one, and we don't live that many zip codes no, apart. No, it's... Um, you're, this, you're a special. Well, no, this came, this came with. Um, I got my I got my son a summertime wasting car and driver it's or an motor trend. It's an involvement device subscription, yeah. and this was in the oh. So the magazine came sealed it rode in, in plastic, plastic. Yeah, and it was there in there. You go. There and you so go. as he's opening, I see that and I snatch it and. So he, goes, he goes, well, that's junk mail. And I'm like, well, I kind of work in junk mail. So I, what's it say? Oh, it, you're opening this live. Yeah, live, and it, this is unsealed. Um, okay. So we're going to find out what's in. No, it the is re- sealed. Oh, it is sealed. It is sealed. The reason I pulled You could have been that guy on the, on the Academy Awards. Oh, gosh. <laughs> giving it to La La Land. Um, <laughs> the reason I pulled it is because, at least historically, we'll find out if this rings true in this envelope, Publishers Clearinghouse has mastered the strategy of making you jump through hoops just to enter into what I'm convinced is a rigged sweepstakes. But regardless, you don't just sign your name and send it back. You have to cut something out, paste it on this square, <laughs> insert it into this that and insert it, which in digital, we preach frictionless, less friction, less steps. Yeah. And in direct mail, you may have come into contact where there's a device that you want a donor to tear off and send back along with their gift. It comes from the same psychology, and in many cases, the literal practice of Publishers Clearinghouse getting tons and tons of people to do this. So we're going to see what is actually in here. And I, I didn't bring a letter opener. Great so sound this, effects. Yeah. That's good. So it's sweepstakes facts. I'm going to, you know, I can win a ton of money. Important. In bright yellow, looks like a caution. Act now before it's too late. 
The number one reason why people lose out on the fortune of a lifetime is not timely returning what turns out to be the winning entry. Don't risk letting that happen to you. Return your entry at once. That's that's a little more. That's north of a nudge, there, isn't it? Oh man. Yeah. So if you if you open the if you get the back first, it says turn around. And for video, show you, you get that really important message. Yeah. So, and they tell you it's important. Yep. You, you, they don't even let you draw your own conclusion. So they're using a deadline. Oh, Act yeah. now before it's too late. But without telling you it's a deadline, which saves them on printing costs, they can print these a ton. This can always be what goes in with their stuff. We've got the uh, reply envelope. Is it a BRE? No, it's a CRE. It's a CRE. You got to pay your own stamp. Yeah. Okay. Well, times are changed. Pretty basic uh, letter written, not quite in old time aerial, but uh, pretty close. Like it came off a typewriter. That's courier. At the top, immediate action required regarding $5,000 a week for life. August 31st authorized prize. Attention recipient. And this next part is highlighted. You found it. This notice with the processing code shown here indicates that the time period for claiming eligibility to win 5,000 a week for life will soon expire for this entry below. 5,000 a week. Yeah. Do, don't do the math. Cause if you do the math, you're going to be really tempted to fill this out, that's which like, is their game. That's well, yeah. That's like, that's like uh, the way it works with annual with so, a monthly gift thing. So what they're saying is they are soon going to be doing the drawing and there's no way for you to win this $5,000 yeah. a week. If you don't enter they, the last paragraph says what we need from you. Oh, nice call to action, which I do Very like. Clear. And it's underlined in pin. And all you have to do is to claim this 5,000 a week for life winning opportunity is return the official entry form below by the deadline, which looks a lot like a check. check. <laughs> And it just happens to be made out in the amount of $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to return this and uh, there's nothing to buy for your convenience. We've even included a reply envelope. I haven't seen one of these in years. Well, and I haven't seen one of these without um, something to clip. Yeah. That, so, you know, one of the things that's interesting about that is, is uh, let's just assume these guys, if if we don't love them are pragmatic. Yep. And so that is a, is it a dear Ryan? No, it can't be dear Ryan. It's all totally. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I like the highlighter. They've got a highlighted arrow down the right margin pointing to $5,000 a week <laughs> for life. <laughs> so Ed McMahon May not show up at may your he, house. May he rest in peace. Yeah, he's definitely not showing up at your house. If he does, that's that's even crazier than winning five thousand a week. <laughs> you may want to review your uh, Walking Dead episode. Yeah. Oh doing. gosh. <laughs> but that's some on the fly, live and in person, uh, looking at some of the. That's kind of like the an, best long-standing like people in the game. Like an like an unboxing kind of a thing. Yeah, so. it is. I should have done it slower and with yeah, that top, ASMR. Top video. Oh, yeah. Nice. We can get a multicam. Yeah. It's all right. I'll, we'll get some B-roll footage and drop that in. Yeah. So in addition to getting... So what was your conclusion with that? I mean, you, you I, want the five grand yeah, a week. Yeah, I want the five grand a It'd week. It'd be a pay cut for you. But yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Oh man, I wish. Um, I I think one of the one of the big takeaways is we've talked about deadlines and they are pushing a deadline in almost every paragraph of that, but without even including a date in many cases, they are just getting your brain to think about at some point soon, they're doing a drawing and I can't win if I don't enter. I love how clear they are about that. That's such a great motivator. And it is, it is, I mean, that's a duh, but it's a great motivator. Mm -hmm. Has to be. And so they're playing on my consequence. (laughs) Yeah. The my participation's clear. <laughs> the problem is I don't have $5,000 a week. The solution is they'll give it to me. Absolutely. Although I did read the fine print and the odds are not in your favor. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't cost you anything. Just yeah, that, that, yeah, get in there. Give me your address. That's, 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 what, what, they, uh, it, that's what they're looking for. We all know that's what their game is. And that's another episode. So yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Okay. Not giving them your address is something you should be doing, but something else you should be know. doing. I, yeah. It's okay. We had to open a fake PO box and give them the address and then see what all junk mail we get that we didn't subscribe for. But whatever. That's a fun idea. Yeah, I kind of like that. Okay. So something you should be doing ah. is something that you can put into place right after the episode ends and will help increase your fundraising. You'll get benefits. Some of the things in the meat of our episodes we talk about being long tail takes a while to get anything out of it or get it put up and implemented. Not the case with this. So mine this week, again, I didn't have homework to bring, but I would have. So I'm on a roll, uh, is that your fundraising should be emotional, but not your fundraising strategy decisions. So your fundraising should be emotional, but your fundraising strategy decisions shouldn't be starting a new initiative or strategy You need to sit down when you decide, okay, we are going to do this or we do want to set this up. Everybody who is in the company or part of the team sit down and say, okay, how how are we going to define this as a success? Mm -hmm. How are we going to know if it's a failure? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to know it's meh, but still worth doing? Mm -hmm. But doing that before you start, very important, not in the heat of it or after the fact, You know, if you're doing a test, you can do the same thing. Okay, we want to test this versus that. Think about, okay, what are we going to do with this knowledge if we have it? Okay. How to react on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's great to know that, but then what? And if you know your goal before you start, it's going to save you wasted effort. It's going to get you focused on year over year doing the things that work. And if you work the other direction, something that may have been difficult or not fun, you might paint that emotionally as a failure, even though it did work. And so by, by putting clear benchmarks in place, you can say, okay, that, that fit the success metric, but that really sucked. So we, we ought to do this again, but how do we keep this going, but be more efficient this time and not just say, well, that was hard to do. I don't even want to, there's no way that was success. Cause that every, everyone in the room hates that. We're not doing that again. <laughs> Cause we've all been there. Oh, I I'm working on a project just like that. I, I, I love the distinction of, uh, if I understood right. And if I was paying attention, um, uh, 
plan with logic and reason that other part of your brain and mm -hmm. but use emotion in in your persuasion influence uh, fundraising mm -hmm. I like we, that yeah that's we talk good. about that a lot yeah yeah need to use emotion in the work not in deciding the work that's and planning great. the work well and so often how you feel about how it went or the mm -hmm. one uh, critique or complaint you got on that can outweigh all of the positives that that came mm -hmm. out of the piece oh that's great i like that a lot so it's yours oh um okay so and do you have a do you have a pithy because i kind of came up with a slogan i might turn it into a hashtag i have, i got yeah, okay right. i've got a i got a subject line are you ready okay are you average oh that's quite a leading question. Isn't that great? So um, I, I like a lot of people. I've, I, I'm on some email lists, and I follow a guy named uh, Josh Spector. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's an email and content guy, and I just find him interesting because he, he has a, he's doing different things than we are, mm -hmm. but yet he's, he's really sharp in, in the way things go and how he does it. And his strategies are, appear to be sound and he's like a good dude. And he's, he's done some Hollywood stuff. Okay. He's yeah. a, and he's a big builder of your thing. Yeah. So it's, Josh, he can when you hear content. this, you know, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Come, okay. Come so, over to us. We'd, lo we'd so, love to work with you. So uh, subject, are you average question mark? Cool. And then in this email there, all it says is, here's a cool way to find out. That is the entire email, except for a, a parenthetical um, uh, where it comes from, yeah, he, and then his, you know, what, his what you have to, yeah, yeah, the footer for your email. Isn't that great? Okay, I didn't, I... So here's your, here's the... I haven't, I haven't read this one. I'm really, I, I'm really interested in all what's going to be. I'm not going to show you. So, oh uh, uh, what I want to say is that the, the do this, try this thing here is while we, we've talked at various points about email and subject lines, pre-header text, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Here's something that's really interesting. If you're, if you're doing a donor validation piece, so say, say you want to just, just let donors know the difference they made in a, in a mass setting and you've got some, some hot content and some good stuff, just send them something like, here you go, no charge on this copywriting. Did you make a difference? Did your gift make a difference? Ooh. Question mark. And then here's how to find, here's how to know, here's how to find out, whatever it is. Cause I, I was like, where's the rest of this email? Your donors will be the same. That's it. You're you wait, click. waiting for everything to load. Yeah. So you, you click on it and this takes you to an interesting site, which may be another time. And you know, if you're nice to me, I'll show you what it, what it is, or you can find your email. I just, yeah. I just got to go into the email. Yeah, got, okay. So, uh, rather than worry about big images and long emails and e mm -hmm. yeah, give them one sentence with a, with a killer subject line, I bet your open rates will oh, be wow. higher and, mm -hmm. and pop because people will be like, well, Cause, yeah. Because the goal in all of email is to get somebody's attention, stop their scroll through the inbox, get yep. them to open it. And then once they're in the email, you want to get them to click or do, you know, yeah. follow your funnel. Yeah. And that short and long are both a tool in your bag, but I, I haven't seen a short email that 
provocative and interesting and and, in and a long it's, time. that's really well done and it's on point and it doesn't even take I'll, ta- I'll give you this hint it doesn't even take you to a property it appears he owns so this is just this is just he truly saw this in new orleans they call it lanyap this is the extra yeah this yeah, is yeah that yeah. little gift this is a little a little something for you he wanted this to be on your radar on it you got my email josh let me know <laughs> Well, he has the podcast. That didn't come to podcast, so he actually doesn't have your email. No, he but... does have my email because it came to my email. Okay. Yeah, all right. All yeah, right, all right. it's on his list. Whatever. So on this podcast, in addition to emails and reviews and sloths uh, that we, sloths. we talk, we talk, we, we, talk, yeah, we, we talk a lot about sloths. Uh, we talk a lot about gifts on the podcast. It's a fundraising podcast after all. But not every gift is the same. Like, you know, you don't you don't love every gift the same necessarily, just like your children. I, <laughs> I I have multiple children, and if you have multiple kids, you can say that you love them both the same, but you don't. There are sometimes you don't. Now it may change day to day, but they're not always equal. They're all special. And gifts are the same way, right? Where are you headed with this? Talking, we're talking about un, uh, undesignated, designated gifts. Ah, uh, yeah. So okay. uh, they're not all the same. So in that in that realm, mm-hmm. an undesignated gift. And uh, so let's back up and do some definition. That's everybody's favorite time is defi- definition of terms. glossary time. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Designated gift. I'm going to say is a gift designated for a certain part of your organization or cause or program usually associated with can we go to GL the GL fund let's go to a sloth so yeah we let's can, do a sloth okay. so this would be for a designated gift for the sloth fund could be for the sloth synthetic tree branches yeah we're our tree the trees the sloths are in in their enclosure are, have just completely fallen apart, and it's it's actually unsafe for the sloths mm-hmm. now. So, for um, seventeen twenty five, that's seventeen hundred and twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. can they're, they're help expensive. us have a, a, a an artificial sloth tree designed for the sloths. Mm-hmm. And you give us that. The only way we will use that seventeen twenty five <laughs> is for that synthetic tree tree branch yeah. enclosure. Yeah, the problem is we raised $75,000. Yeah, we raised 75,000 of those. We only need a few, which takes us to undesignated gifts, which are gifts that can be used within legal tax IRS reasons anywhere in your organization. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to I got to press pause here and say so we're not we're, we're neither practicing accounting nor uh, law in this moment. Uh, this is this discussion is different than restricted funds, which often happen with endowments, sometimes mm. with estate planning and that kind of thing. We're not talking about that. We're talking about where, where someone is saying, I want to give for a sloth tree hmm. and making it very clear what their intention is. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Oh, good. Let's go to the next segment. So of those, let's just ask the dumb question, which, which does an organization prefer? Well, 
Uh, as someone who has has both uh, had feisty and fiery discussions over this, and and accidentally um, uh, kind of created not not once it got to donors, but a, a moment of conversation with clients when the the awareness of how designation might have worked in their situation. Let, let's say you and I have talked a bunch, and we continue to talk a bunch about specificity. Mm-hmm. So. You can accidentally or unintendedly create a designated situation because of your specificity. The specificity of your ass. Yeah. You're, you're driving into, we got to have a this, or so we've got to have we a We could that. have accidentally asked for all of those sloth synthetic tree dollars mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mint... Really, we need some, but we also need a lot of things. But this is our topic of the month. We really want to feature. It turns out that sloths need the temperature set at a certain temperature, and we have to pay in a, the electric company to keep the air those, conditioning on that way. Yeah, those air they, conditioners they are they not pass cheap. Out and and so one of the one of the things I learned in fundraising, you know, a thousand years ago when I was getting started, is no one wants to pay for the light bill. Or the admin cost. If you yeah salaries. Yeah, if you if you ask somebody salaries, you you can get around. You may can get there, but they don't want to pay for accounting. Yeah, I mean, who wants? It's like an account. I'm not. I'm not giving my money for accounting. I'm going to give my money to save the sloths and IT, making sure the computers work. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, one of the things that's that's critically important is the understanding that specificity is critical for fundraising, yet you have to have your eye on when you ask the donor to give the dollars. What is their understanding? Is it is their understanding that it is only, 100%, only going to go for the cost of the, of the synthetic tree or you know whatever it is in your... And we use sloths because that's a pretty... <laughs> There's not a lot of sloth sanctuaries. There's not a lot of people we can tick off I, by butchering. I've resisted the urge to Google sloth sanctuaries because I don't want to come up with something else. So anyway, um, uh, people want to help your cause. The specificity helps. But what you have to do is as you get to the to the clear ask portion is while you have sharpened the point on your descriptions and your uh, examples and the things kinds of things you need you have to broaden it when you mm. are when you are at the ask stage where the donor has a clear understanding of what they're giving their dollars for and it, and that could be done again taking our favorite sloth analogy talking to talking to them about the problem with the trees breaking these are heavy sloths they've been overfed they, by millennials I and, thought we were going to say we fatten them up because the millennials didn't feed oh, them. Well. Okay, either yeah. way, either way, either way, they're they're big guys at this point, <laughs> and they're hanging on. They're breaking the branches, and one sloth, you know, kind of fell, and he, you know, he didn't die, but he got hurt, and mm. so we're trying to oh, fix it. Sad. You know, that's the story we're telling. That's the sloth example of the month, and then we get to the ask, and you could say for your your gift of whatever seventeen twenty seventeen twenty five will go to helping a sloth a day a month, you know, pick your pick your metric with things like, like the synthetic tree branch, like air conditioning set at the right temperature, the perfect sloth food. Yeah. All of these other things. All the things that roll up into making our sloth rehabilitation a vibrant 
productive program. Best one in the world. And by making sure that the specific thing you've been talking to a donor about in the lines or paragraphs above is included in your list of things with the ask, there's still some harmony there. They call back to each other. Yeah. But you're not making a donor think, to your point, that this is all just for those synthetic tree branches because you could be in a situation where you know, I've, I talked to a donor about, you know, it's like being gift card rich where you could have, mm. Mm, you could have, you know, $10,000, maybe it's from a wedding or a graduation of Target gift cards, yeah. but not be able to pay rent or <laughs> your phone bill. That's a great example. Because I, like I got a lot of Target dollars. <laughs> But I don't have a lot of actual dollars. And your landlord or... He your, won't take Target. Your, your savings and loan company won't... Are not try try mailing that thing into Bank of America. <laughs> They're going to take it I and then the, still charge I you. I put the pin and a post-it note yeah. on it. It's good. You're going to be... It's going to be and, great. So by locking that money up, you can end up being really rich in this thing and, and spending all the money on all the tree branches yeah. you can. Yeah. And hurt in all your other areas. Yes. And and it's really a simple thing. And let's talk about the flinch factor. Uh, I, I have, have always uh, counseled clients to never do anything that, a don that, that if a donor asks you a question about it, you have this flinch of, oh my goodness, I wish they hadn't asked me that hmm. question. So It's probably a good rule in general. It, yeah. Well, I guess that's true. Um, so... So just, just understand, don't focus so much. And, I, and I, I, I had a conversation with somebody a year or so ago where they had accidentally, I mean, they had completely 100%, I mean, complete handcuff, locked the, the designation in. And they were saying, what can I do? And I'm like, you, you locked it up, baby. You know, there's nothing. So... So here's here's the kinds of things you want to do. This this happens sometimes in 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 general general kinds of things where you're where you're out there talking to the general population. That is a harder thing to to fix. Hmm. If you if you've done that with majors or you've intentionally you know say say you need you know fifty thousand dollars for the sloth sanctuary and and you've raised um, you know your thermometer went out the top and you you know you've raised a whole lot more. You pick up the phone and you talk to the major donors in this group, mm -hmm. the people who love you the most, and you explain, hey, we raised more money than we expected. Your gift clearly was for this. I have two choices now in this in this moment of, of, of extreme uh, ethics. I'm going to, to say I'll refund your gift because mm -hmm. we've overfunded that, or would you be okay with making that an undesignated gift? Guess what most if not all donors are going to do, they're going to go, oh, pff, don't worry about it. I just totally get fill, that. Fill out whatever it, form yeah. you got to do. Yeah, because make, that, make that work. By going to a major donor with that, not only are you respecting them. Absolutely. You're giving them a peek behind the curtain into your operations. You're patting yourselves on the back by saying, hey, this thing went really well. We did really well. Without saying that. Yeah. You're humble bragging. I it doesn't comes true. off, it, yeah. but it doesn't come off that way. No, not at all. That's and good. you're letting the donor be a hero for you twice, yeah. and they're helping you and the sloths yeah. extra times. Yeah. And you probably have some language around essential care or 
uh, other needs or that kind of thing. Don't think about that as um, disclaimer language or weasel words. You're just, you're just broaden the funnel. Just make mm -hmm. sure that you make that as broad a funnel as you can. Because um, it, it can be done, you, you could put overfund language, which is, hey, if very we appropriate. get more than this fund needs, all extra funds are going to be diverted to the general fund. You know, we're needed most. Not diverted. Okay, moved. I, yeah, we've yeah. written. I don't have it with me, but yeah. whatever. Well, so I, I one of the things that one of the things to say is uh, I know a lot of organizations the they they've done and and some of the oversight organizations like ECFA mm -hmm. and others um, uh, the 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 um, advice and I think it I think this is a great thing to do with a board. Is, a, is you, you have a board motion that is part of your organizational structure that says when, an, when an, um, um, a project is overfunded, uh, the board has the ability to, or whoever the board designates, has the ability to designate that within the overall scope of the organization. That allows you to have the, and I'm air quoting again, the, the legal IRS kind mm -hmm. of thing where, you, where you're, you're covered. So that covers you from if you know someone's attorney calls you. That's not going to happen. But it does. It doesn't cover you with a donor. Exactly. What you want to do is make sure the donor understands, and and so then it then it moves forward in a in a very clear way. So that's how. I don't want to say it every time, but that's one of the many ways where you can get more undesignated funds, which is your goal. And here's what's weird is you can ask for very focused things that you, you cultivate and actually close, allowing that, those words, uh, as undesignated. Not like a magic trick where you're, where you're shuffling. You yeah, know, that kind of looked David Copperfield where, there yeah, for a minute. Yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. But make it so that it is clear, here's the need, but we also are doing this broader work. And, and that becomes clear to a donor as you get those words. The trick is, it, it, unfortunately, there, there, are, there, there are people who, in this time of, of COVID, where people, you know, feast and famine kind of thing. There were a lot of people who did really well and a lot of people who, didn't, who did less well. They were very, very, very specific about some of their COVID fundraising and had bit them on the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and so this happens in, you know, everything from, from capital campaigns to big projects. Uh, the trick is just, just be specific in your influence, the, the, your persuasion pieces, how you're, you're fundraising, how you're communicating with donors, and make it clear as you turn, you turn the corner in, in your ask, that it is for this and other things so that the donor's not surprised. No flinch factor. If, the, if, if you don't flinch when you explain it to the donor, exactly. it's a win. The, 100%. The other rule of thumb, kind of calling back to a few episodes ago, Aunt Ruby. Oh, yeah. And uh, does, does Aunt Ruby understand what she needs to do with this envelope, this yep. publisher's clearinghouse thing? It's very clear. <laughs> if you're wondering about this, or you can do it as a pretty routine part of your process you can either change your mindset or get someone who's not 
involved in the day-to-day work of that project and the team to just read through your fundraising piece and just ask them the question, where does a donor think their dollars are going to if they give to this? Yeah. And if they give you the answer you're looking for, great. If not, you engage and try to figure out where the disconnect is. Yeah, and and if you're in a larger organization, uh, this is a conversation with CFO, whoever is the you know is the controller. Um, this is uh, again back to this is not about a restricted gift. This is not about like an endowment or something that mm-hmm. says you can only use this in these time frames and you must protect the principal or any of those kind of things. This is about am I buying a van to haul the slots around? Or am I buying a van to haul the slots around and everything else around helping the sloths mm-hmm. have a little better life? That is a critical piece that you don't have to have big, fat, non-specific fundraising to avoid undesignated giving. You just have to know what you're doing in terms of specificity and the broadening of the, of the ask. Hmm. You, can, you truly can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Which is why the sloths are a little... They're a little on the heavy side. A little big. Because we are giving them... Chunky. ...the cake and letting them they're, eat it. They're chomps. We don't mandate exercise. <laughs> but they're claws. They don't get the treadmill. Yeah, they, it's, they, it's hard. they, they it's, tear them up. It's hard. Then we'd have to buy more... We'd have to have more sloths. That's right. <laughs> treadmill dollars. Carrying the baking and food analogy for me in, into On Your Radar, which is a segment where you and I... Trade articles, thoughts, books that usually are somewhat fundraising related. <laughs> I sometimes you were say somewhat interesting. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> now they're 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 always interesting to at least me, at yeah. least mine are, because yeah. that's why I put them in. Yeah, and it came from you and I trading emails back and forth and saying, "Hey, have you read this? This ought to be on your radar to read." Yeah. This week, mine. We don't worry too much about about connecting fundraising and nonprofit to these things. No, yeah. this, is, we'll this is more, but this is more just for your this own. This is something interesting. You ought to read your edification. It, you'll think better and smart. It'll be yeah. interesting. You won't yeah. be sorry. Yeah. So mine tagline keeping, you know, uh, the theme you, going your is average. Yeah. Hard butter in Canada. A oh, few, that's a great line. I mean, yeah, a, a few months ago, it may have been, it may have been towards the end of last year. People on Twitter and Instagram started tweeting and griping that their butter that they would take out of the fridge and put on the counter as they got everything ready to bake didn't soften at the same rate as it had before. And <laughs> if, if you bake and you cook, you know that that, actually, that is not actually a first world problem. I mean, that, that's a thing. It is a thing. And people were griping... And there are lots of things that people gripe about conspiracy or, you know, all of these things. Bigfoot swap my butter. Yeah. And eventually a foodie science guy, I didn't write his handle down, but I think his handle was literally food professor. Oh, nice. I like that. Tweeted, Hey, anybody else notice that butter seems like it's, it's harder not at room it's temperature. Not it's not softening the same rate. And he got all these replies back. Oh my gosh, I've been griping you about finally this. finally identified the problem. You know, and I've only got five followers, but they all know I'm, I'm pissed off about this. And so he said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm going to do some, some investigative work into this. This is interesting. And he talked to people he knew at all points of the, the butter process supply chain. 
and he found that it it came from an acid that is in a supplement that farmers give to cows in the feed to increase the butter fat yield. Oh my gosh, that's more than I wanted to know about butter production. But they've always been doing this, so it's perfectly safe. <clears throat> the change happened in during the pandemic, butter demand increased, so they needed They had to go faster they with had the to, butter. They had to put more churn of this it, acid had in. To churn it faster to get more out of it. You know what? They were utterly surprised oh my by <laughs> that's I knew you were going to have one. I didn't know what it was going to be. Okay, that was good. So they I'm not going to be cowed, by the oh way. Gosh. Okay, that, that one was not as good. Okay. And they tracked it down. It's all fine. They've, they've caught yeah. back up, and they now have soft butter in Canada. But for a while, they, they had hard butter. Shoo. And no matter how crazy something sounds at the beginning... It's worth a little bit of a dive. Oh, yeah. Just to, You never know. You just never know. So you got a fundraising connection with this at all? No, not really. Not okay. This one. I like that. Hard butter in Canada. Yeah. I, I want to put that on a, on a subject line or an OE teaser. We, we just... I, I, I can't make that work right now. So if you're a small Canadian nonprofit, we're ready to work for you. In the dairy industry, we got you. That one's free. Okay, we could go with cows. Okay, uh, mine is, so uh, there's a, a wonderful TV media video guy named Charlie Mosier down in Houston. Uh, Mosier is a, a friend and a kind of a distant uh, partner. He knows I love uh, the whole idea of cognitive bias. Hmm. And, and there's a whole range of things. Dunning-Kruger is my favorite cognitive bias because I find it amusing uh, how the more you know about something... <laughs> or no, it's, wait, wait. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so he sent me a there. He sent me an infographic that someone had created that fifty cognitive biases in the modern world. Which oh, is, I think I've I you, think I've seen. Have this. you seen that? Yeah, so the the really one weird. I loved um, uh, is the IKEA effect. Have you heard of this one? I hadn't heard of this. This, I, is, this is new. I didn't um, read. I I so, looked at the infographic. So Michael Norton, 20, 2011, Harvard Business School. So you know it's ooh, true. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the IKEA effect is the thing that is our that we have uh, people will get will place a higher intrinsic value on something they have had some element of creation or or, or assembly or they've been involved with the putting it together. Ikea effect. Like, what do you mean intrinsic? In other words, I, I will value something more if I put it together. Uh, they give That's the example. That's assuming I put it together. Yeah, well, they give the example of the Build-A-Bear workshop. My, okay, that works. Okay. But my three-legged no, Ikea know, table, because the fourth leg instructions didn't so, make any sense. It's one of the reasons Nike allows you to kind of do some swooshes, oh, right? Oh, I've, yeah. I've shifted over to Oakley sunglasses. Yeah. I didn't know that Oakley... I mean... Yeah, I, I could, you know, I, I can can't put, quite put my picture, but I can put close. my initials. Yeah. I can do all this other stuff. I, that's sort of dumb, but I can see why that involves you. So um, the IKEA effect fits for nonprofit. I'm actually going to connect it, this. It, in mi that, it might fit. No, you got to hope it does. I'm, Read the instructions. Here it comes. Is the, is the idea that if you ask your donors to tell you how they want to do uh, tours or the days 
that you want to have an open house or you you open that door for some involvement. Now, here's the key. You, you always want to be sure that you you remain the expert in your field. You, you're not asking a donor to tell you how to operate your ministry or your cause, but you ask them for things that are appropriate for them to give, give feedback and to give information about. And then, at least according to the IKEA effect and you know cognitive bias, they're more inclined to value that because they've had some input. So um, I'll run the 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 URL uh, on on the on the audio portion of the podcast. Uh, send a podcast at woodencity.com and we'll tell you where to we'll, find it. I'll send you the link. Uh, but but it is amazing, and this is a great. This is a super well done. Um, the infographic, uh, infographic. Is extremely well, instructive. It's, it's fun because they have broken it up by memory, social learning, belief, money, and politics, and so you can kind of see how they all play together. And the kinds of things they talk about is things like the help effect, curse of knowledge, which we've talked yeah. about, spotlight effect. Um, uh, There's your Denny Kruger. Yeah. Um, Automation bias, the Google effect. Confirmation bias, yeah. so, third person. So it's really interesting. And if you're intrigued at all, you need to find this or, or find us and I'll get it sent to you. Cognitive bias, the Ikea effect. Put that thing together and hopefully you don't have any extra screws. Yeah, if you have any screws left over or a screw loose, <laughs> you might have a problem. <laughs> well, this was episode 18 of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. And on our next episode, episode 19, we're getting close to 20. On our next episode. XX. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that took, I was like, no, we know the number. We don't have to template it in. Uh, on our next episode, we'll show out hiring a documentary film crew to follow your team for the entire fourth quarter will help increase your holiday fundraising. That um, actually might be true. All, all of the things I list in this thing are true. Find a lie. We're going to make a playlist of all of all of those, and we're just, they're all truth. It's truth bombs at the end of each episode. Sorry, I blew your, your run out. That's, that. This one wasn't the best, but it is true. But it was, and you it, put, it, put it on the talk. Yeah, I'll put it on the talk. That'd be great. Anyway, hire a docu- Watch The Office. Hire a crew. Make more money. It's a win. I'm Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.